Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Well, I think it's the same way with options. So learning the stock market, learning how stocks work, learning what stocks are, understanding what that underlying thing is that you're trading, uh, then moving to options, I think is a great step. Options are smart. Uh, they're really great for people who have, who really want to hedge their risk and who don't have a huge amount of money to, to begin with. So options can be wonderful. But again, I think just going in the proper door, learning the stock market, learning how stocks work, even trading stocks first, just to get the idea, then moving into options. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast, brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com, where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Today, we have a special lesson for you. I'm putting it here on the podcast because I really believe that this is going to provide you massive, massive value. And that's what I'm trying to do here. And hey, listen, if this podcast was useful to you at all, I really highly suggest that you go check out the full trading course at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Markets are people. People are predictable. Outlier can show you how to track market fear and greed with artificial intelligence on over 1,300 of the largest market cap names. Visit outlier.com to learn more. That's O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. They have a free pilot program for the rest of 2021 so you can get access to right now at O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. That's O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. Hey, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we give you more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter every single week. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Today, we have a special guest online, Jerry Robinson from Follow the Money Radio podcast and followthemoney.com. Uh, Jerry is an economist, a veteran trader, best-selling author, investor, public speaker, and trading coach. Jerry, I am excited to have you on the line today. Thanks so much for coming on. Oh, it's really great to be here. Thanks for the invite. You know, this is, uh, this is pretty cool. I asked my, my assistants, I was like, go out and find me some of the best podcast hosts that you can so we can interview them on the podcast. And you were absolutely on the top of the list. So thanks for being available. Of course. So tell me about you. Tell me about uh, how Jerry Robinson came to be um, the man that he is um, and, and your business and everything else that you've got going on. Sure. Well, I cut my teeth on the stock market back whenever my mother was learning, or she was actually studying for her Series 7. I was pretty young, and I was helping her study for the Series 7, kind of cramming for that. It was a pretty tough test. And I really uh, was kind of enamored with the stock market and Wall Street, really had an affinity for statistics early on. I, used to, I remember I used to uh, watch baseball games when I was a child and I would keep track of all the RBIs and all the home runs and the statistics and the batting averages. I was just really drawn and even weather, I would, you know, plot out weather charts, <laughs> kind of geeky, but I was really always attracted to, to numbers and, and charts and things like that. So trading made a lot of sense to me and investing and using charts. And so I really spent a lot of time learning about some of the greatest traders and investors of the past, 
that's really what I spent a lot of time doing. Jesse Livermore, uh, Templeton, Sir John Templeton, uh, and many others, you know, guys like uh, William J. O'Neill, uh, Gerald Loeb. And uh, so I spent a lot of time studying the greats and realized what they focused upon was price, volume, time. These things that, that are in common with you know, every asset can, in any, as long as you can plot them on a chart, uh, you can begin to interpret that data. And so that's really, uh, you know, that's really kind of what drew me to the market was the fact that I had a kind of an affinity for statistics and for numbers and really like to look at charts all the time. So I really gravitated towards that. So by the late 90s, 1996, 1997, I was in uh, corporate America, had one of my really big first jobs, you know, in corporate America, and I found out I didn't like it too much. And so I began looking for an escape from corporate America uh, in the late 90s. And I had a friend who was working with me at the time who was day trading. And this was, of course, the late 90s. So keep that in mind. This were kind of in the dot-com boom, getting ready to move into that dot-com boom, 96, 97. And he taught me a few things, you know, uh, learned from a buddy. And he just showed me what he was doing. I began to dig a little deeper into that. I started digging deep into my studies of traders and started trading back in the late 90s with a small account and you know did well did did well some days did bad some days it was a wild time back in uh you know the dot com bubble uh after the dot com bubble burst i began examining options and i traded my first option in 2002 and uh became a financial advisor after that for a period of time uh and then i wrote a book in 2007 because i saw what was going on in the economy and i created i wrote a book called bankruptcy of our nation it finally got picked up by a publisher in 2008. And once that book came out, um, it just hit at the right time, I think. And it created a pretty big splash to where I was able to really focus upon education. We had so many people contact. I went ahead and, and hung up my financial advisor career and focused upon education. Um, and I really just focused upon education. And I created followthemoney.com to teach people how to be good financial stewards, how to break free financially, shared with folks what I had done, uh, and also really created a system on trading, uh, just really hunkered down and just created great resources and tools for people who had the same kind of desires that I had. And that's what followthemoney.com is. So when you become a member there, you know there's a ton of free stuff on the, fr on the front end. But when you become a member and you get beyond the paywall, it's like an iceberg. I mean, there's tremendous amount of stuff that you just don't see on the front end. And it's you know, all kinds of education on trading stocks, trading options, trading cryptocurrencies, uh, all, all kinds of information about the economy and trends. So uh, income, we have an income university where we teach people how they can create 22 different income streams uh, in now and in retirement. So we really uh, focus upon educating people, helping them break free financially, uh, and that's, that's really where we are now. I traded my first, by the way, we had mentioned uh, before we came on the air, I, I had uh, bought my very first cryptocurrency in 2012. So I portrayed I bought my first stock in 96, bought my first option in 2002. I bought my first cryptocurrency in 2012. And the cryptocurrency has also been a really interesting space. Uh, I really enjoy that space a lot. But that's where we are. So today we have uh, members all over the world. Uh, we're so blessed to uh, to have a great community, an online investing community at followthemoney.com. And uh, 
I love serving our folks here. So gotcha. Well, that's pretty a, a pretty amazing story. So so what you're telling me about day trading in the '90s, my first thought is there's no internet, there's no online charts, there's no um, e trade that you could you know whatever platform that you could um, work on. How did you do this? Like yeah. literally, how could you do that? Well, no, actually, there was uh, in in '96. Uh, actually, I was, I believe, I was using E Trade. I know I was using Scott Trade. That was a that was a long time ago. Scott Trade used to have the real cheap trades, and of course now they're free. But but uh, yeah, I used Scott Trade. There were online charts during that time. Of course, I'm not that ancient. You know, you would have to go back probably I'm just to thinking the back because '96 or so. Like I'm 10 years old. I remember my dad getting the the computer, but I don't remember it having um, internet on it. And, and um, yeah, much, much of it, yeah, much know. of it was very, much of it was very rudimentary, yeah, but it was still there, you know? Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, it, and it was a wild time trading during that time because I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, I see uh, what I love about teaching individuals to trade is that I, I see myself in these new traders. You know, I see, I see the desire to want to be successful with trading or to, to, to have a success in investing. I see the desire, but so many times we just we bring in poor habits, poor thinking into this world of trading and investing, and we then then it blows up in our face, and then we say it doesn't work. We say, mm-hmm. "Oh, trading doesn't work, or investing doesn't work." Well, it does work. It's just that you have to approach it properly and use proper habits. and uh, And so, I really enjoy you know helping new traders. We started a podcast many years ago. You you may have heard of it. You may have saw it whenever you researched our stuff, but we did a, a, a podcast called the Stock Trading University Podcast, hmm. where you teach people to trade in one minute a day. And I really wanted to focus upon teaching, you know, new traders, you know, just basic bite size, you know, lessons where not to be intimidated. And I've seen many people just become intimidated by the process, but uh if it's something that you want to do, you can achieve it. And I would imagine the majority of your listeners are people who are, are either aspiring traders and investors, Christopher, or they would be people who are uh, already successful or trying to be successful traders mm-hmm. and investors. And, you know, uh, it's, it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to succeed at. And, but it does take time. And it's like anything else. The more you practice, the more you think about it, the more you spend time focused upon it, you know, you can succeed. And back in the 90s, you know, I wasn't very successful. I mean, it was my you know first few years, and no nobody can claim to be tremendously successful in their first few few years. But you sure do pay your tuition on Wall Street, and I did that for sure. You know, I paid my tuition. That's so funny you say that because because um, I am the openest book that I can be to people about all of my trading mistakes and losses and things like that, and and I always refer to it as my Wall Street tuition, without a doubt, every time. It's so definitely yep. what it is. Yep. So, all right. So, so now you're, you're trading options or, or you, you started trading options. How did that go? Um, Cause you know, give you a little backstory here. When uh, I, about the first four years that I traded, um, I couldn't make money. Like I did everything possible wrong to just lose as much as I could. I blew up my account twice in that time. And a lot of it had to do with, I was under, I'd learned from people that I, I, would not say is the best strategy at all, but it was the uh, sell high implied volatility, um, naked calls and, and, and naked puts uh, out of the money things. And I'm like, 
there's never been a time I'm making money. Like as soon as I put a trade on, it's always losing money. And, and there was a point in time where I was like, I have learned the wrong way to trade, obviously. Hmm. So I need to unlearn and then relearn the right way to trade, which that really sucks. And, you know, a lot of people get into this where um, they're coming like, uh, I've heard the, the phrase that, you know, when you trade out there and you're making money, who are you, who's the person losing money? And a lot of times it's the dentists or the lawyers or, or people who are really smart in their career and think that that translates into uh, being smart in investing, but not necessarily understanding the, the mental aspect of investing. Mm. Um, so, so what are your thoughts on, on options and, and how, how did you go down that road? Well, I'm really glad that I learned how to trade stocks. And, I, and when I say learn, you know, realize I learned from kind of like your situation. It was just somebody at work, you know, just somebody who mm. he wasn't a professional. He was just trying to make money on the side. And I had spent time reading books and all of this, but, you know, never really any real world experience. So when I began to trade stocks, paid that tuition on Wall Street, got knocked around quite a bit, uh, made some money, lost some money. But what I what I realized was was how stocks worked, and that's why I'm I'm very adamant when I teach new students that it's okay for them to trade options, and that's fine if they want to make that their specialty. But they really need to understand and grasp the stock market first, and understand how to trade a stock first. There's mm-hmm. there's some there's some options traders who've never traded a stock; they've mm-hmm. only traded options, and I think that's probably probably a you know, not not a, not a not a mortal sin, so to speak, but it's something that probably you might want to revisit. Um, I I compare it to the guitar. So I learned how to play guitar whenever I was a kid in my teen my teens, and fortunately, I learned how to play on an acoustic guitar, which is a little more difficult than playing on an electric guitar. When you play on an electric guitar, you can push the strings down, and it doesn't hurt your fingers hardly at all. Whereas when you play an acoustic guitar, anybody in the audience who plays guitar, you know this, when you put your fingers on the acoustic guitar and you've never played before, it's a little, it hurts your fingers. And because I learned how to play on an acoustic guitar, when I moved to the electric guitar, I thought this is easy. You know what? I was ready. I was primed. I, I knew how the guitar worked. And by, by, by playing the acoustic guitar first, I learned the good habits. And then when I moved to the electric guitar, then you know, all those good habits made it that much better and that much easier to adopt the electric. Well, I think it's the same way with options. So learning the stock market, learning how stocks work, learning what stocks are, understanding what that underlying thing is that you're trading, uh, then moving to options, I think is a great step. Options are smart. Uh, They're really great for people who have, who really want to hedge their risk and who don't have a huge amount of money to, to begin with. So options can be wonderful. But again, I think just going in the proper door, learning the stock market, learning how stocks work, even trading stocks first, just to get the idea, then moving into options. But I really like options. Uh, the ones, the strategies you were talking about are you know, pretty risky. Uh, uh, what I learned early on was to focus upon high delta deep in the money calls, which was a really great thing because that that turned out to be a, it, it actually fit my, my whole idea of how the market worked. Like I would look for a nice uh, trade, like a position trade, for example. And I would look for a stock that I thought that I thought could rise 20% over a period of a couple of months, two or three or four months, you know, as a position trader, maybe even longer. And so then I would just take that same idea to the options market and I would look for a high Delta call 
uh, that would be out, you know, several months and I would buy it deep in the money. And of course, that's exactly what you normally don't hear. You know, most people, you know, they want to buy the very cheapest option ever. They think that's how it works. You buy the cheapest option and then you make all this money. Well, as you know, and as other people have learned as well, that's not really how it works. And so, you know, uh, I learned that particular strategy and I learned several different strategies over time, some that worked, some that didn't, but options are so smart. Uh, they can be really powerful and they're a great way to diversify your trading uh, and, and your investing, even to hedge your own investments even. So I think it's a wonderful skill to learn. I do like options a lot. And we actually have an options trading course uh, on our website, in our, in our store right now. It's on sale. It's, we cover three of our favorite strategies, including I go in depth on this one about the uh, 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 you know, high delta, deep in the money uh, stocks. A fantastic strategy that has been really working this year. That is actually um, what I have been doing a lot of this year. Um, generally, uh, I would be selling put spreads behind uh, moving averages. Like I'll, I'll go and I'll back test the moving average. Let's say it's like a 20 day exponential moving average. And then, you know, if that provides enough uh, return, then I'll just sell put spreads as that goes up. Um, but this year, I changed it up a little bit and I've been doing the high delta, deep in the money calls. Um, and that's been amazing uh, for yes. me this year. Yeah. It's My very account. Powerful. Yeah. As of right now, I'm up 68% on the year and I'm like, I think I figured out something. So I'm going to continue to do that for a little while. <laughs> so, so Jerry, how much Dogecoin do you have or Dogecoin do you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, ironic what, uh, uh, the folks seem to be gravitating towards, uh, Dogecoin is about the worst technology and about the, worst possible setup for cryptocurrency. It's almost like they're setting it up for crypto to, in order to, to make cryptocurrency fail. I mean, everything that's good about Bitcoin is missing from Dogecoin. Mm. Uh, just like with Bitcoin, for example, Bitcoin has a finite supply. That's what drew it to me so many years ago when I saw the finite supply and understood the Fed and understood, you know, I wrote a book called Bankruptcy of Our Nation. So I understood, you know, the concept of the debauchery of the money, the fiat currency, the, the modern money monetary mechanics. And so when I saw Bitcoin and I was introduced to it early, I realized what it was. I said, this is a finite you know, asset uh, that could catch on. I didn't know it was going to catch on like it did, but you know, I was, you know, I, a friend of mine brought it to me early uh, and showed, you know, he was into it. He had a good mind. He was an attorney and he called me up. We talked about it uh, and I was pretty blown away by the technology uh, and We've been bullish on Bitcoin ever since. Now, we think long term, I have a $275,000 price target on Bitcoin by 2025. That's uh, a little aggressive. <laughs> it's, well, yeah, but actually it's, it's less than many people have actually put out. When I put mine out, actually, it did feel very, very insane. But then we started seeing many other people saying 1 million or you know, 2 million. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not that crazy. You know? But the... Uh, but you know what makes Bitcoin so compelling uh, is really just the finite nature of it. You know, a stock can be diluted because the board of directors can decide to issue more shares. And when you when you issue more shares, you dilute dilute the value for all existing shareholders. The U.S. dollar can be diluted. 
uh, by introducing more mon- money into the system, which causes the dollar to fall. The dollar, for example, was down 6% in 2020, and it's going down more again this year, more than likely. Uh, and so there's, you know, but that doesn't exist in the algorithm for Bitcoin. And if you read the white paper, the white paper understood this. The inventor of this understood this, that we need assets that cannot be inflated away at the whims of some board of directors or some policymaker. And so because there's only 21 million Bitcoin that are ever going to be mined, it makes each one of them more, more precious or more, uh, you know, or more powerful in the fact that they can't be diluted in strength or in value. And so I understood that, and that made a lot of sense to me. And what Dogecoin, for example, does is they actually have an in their supply is not finite; it's infinite. And in fact, it grows instead of shrinking right over time. <laughs> instead of being deflationary, uh, you know, it's inflationary over time. So it's strange that that that's the one that's catching the world's attention. That almost seems fitting, though. It almost seems fitting that that would be the one that the that most people would want to jump aboard, uh, even though it's the exactly wrong type of, uh, of uh, technology. Uh, but, you know, who knows? But we have about 16 different cryptocurrencies in our portfolio. Uh, we, in fact, we just added two yesterday and we alerted all of our members. So all, we, have, we have members all over the world here at Follow the Money, and we update them anytime we make a change in our own cryptocurrency portfolio. We just added two yesterday. Neither one of them was Doja, by the way. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, but we, yeah, we are long in that space, and we expect that there's going to be a lot more upside. Uh, but we also expect there to be wild volatility. If you look at Bitcoin over time, Christopher, you'll see that, and we've been through three of these now. Well, we're coming up on the third. We've been through two already. In 2013, we saw an 8,000% spike followed by an 80% collapse. Um, and then there was this crypto winter where everybody said Bitcoin was dead. Uh, then we move into 2017. We have this 8,000% price increase from the low, uh, and then an, followed by an 80% crash. Then, of course, the media declared Bitcoin dead. Uh, and then, and you notice the time frame here. It's 2013, four years later, 2017. Now we expected, and we told our members, watch for 2021. It's going to explode because it's on a four-year cycle due to the halving. Uh, so that's why my price target for 275, 275,000 on Bitcoin is for 2025, which will be the, the next set of four years. Mm-hmm. So we're moving in the set of four years. And every four years, the amount of Bitcoin that go into the total circulation gets cut in half, uh, which means it's built in. Uh, it's, a, it's a built-in controlled inflationary situation, which is very attractive in a world where Everything is printed out of thin air, you know, where, where shares can be issued tomorrow on this particular stock because they want more shares or whenever the Fed can just print money out of thin air because it wants to, because it needs to. Uh, so people are coming to realize that finite assets are important. Gold and silver are similar, but they're not necessary. They are finite ultimately uh, because there is only so much gold. There is only so much silver. We know that. But how much and how much we can actually have is is still undetermined, but we know exactly how much Bitcoin there will be. And I think that certainty creates some sort of investing uh, you know, uh, confidence, I think. Now, uh, over time, though, Christopher, I would say you know, Bitcoin is going to go up and it's going to go down and it's going to go up and it's going to go down. But when it comes to trading, I got to be honest. I got to be totally honest. When it co- if you're just a straight up trader, 
And that's what you're doing. It's difficult to find a more volatile asset than cryptocurrencies. Uh, so, and that's pretty strange because it's taken me some time to realize that, you know, over time, but just trading stocks makes a lot of sense. You can trade, you know, you can trade penny stocks if you want to, you can trade any kind of stock you want to. Uh, trading options makes sense, and that's really powerful. Cryptocurrencies, if you're just simply a trader, it's just hard to find that volatility anywhere, that kind of volatility. And so it's risky, of course, to be trading these things. But I would say that uh, I wouldn't shy away from cryptocurrencies if I was a trader. I would be investigating them. And I would do a lot of investigation before I even lifted a finger or typed a button to begin placing an order. Research is so key. Education is so key. That's what we focus upon here. But once you have the education, uh, many people find that trading uh, cryptocurrencies can actually be a, you know, a pretty powerful way to soup up your returns, you know, quicker than you can, but by saying, you know, for, w- one of the strategies I use is to trade blue chips and I look for a, I, I trade large positions in blue chips, but I'm looking for a 1% gain, 2% gain. So you have a large position in a, in a nice stock that, you know, you know, is not going to go away tomorrow. And, then just looking for a one or 2% gain. That's a nice strategy. That's not the only strategy. It's just one strategy. And I like that. But you can also take something very risky, like trading cryptocurrencies and use less money, but still, re- but still uh, see really outsized gains. So I like all these asset classes. I think they're all, they're all appropriate in their own way for different people. Everybody has their own risk profile. I hear you. And the volatility is something that can be really appealing to a trader but also I think appeals to the gambler instinct in people as well. Um, my brother-in-law was just texting me yesterday about how much money he made in, in Dogecoin. And I'm like, that's awesome, but that's not my space. Like <laughs> the, the idea that, you know, a month ago it was a nickel. Now it's, you know, 60 cents. By the time this airs, it may be a dollar. Then a month from now, it may be a nickel again. Like that, <laughs> that idea is not something that that I can sleep well at night about. It's difficult, isn't it? It's a little strange. And yes, the gambling aspect is very, very key. I teach our I teach our folks here at followthemoney.com that the that we are not gamblers. And if you are a gambler, uh, you know, be prepared for heartache. Um, trading is trading can be gambling, uh, but trading also can actually be very prudent speculation that or hedging. Uh, so it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, betting the farm on something that you don't know anything about. Uh, and that's what we're seeing a lot in the crypto space, right? We're seeing people like you just mentioned mm-hmm. who don't know anything about the underlying technology. They have no idea what they're buying, but it's going up, right? And that's all that matters, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, they have one part, right? Uh, finding a trend is key when you're trading. Mm-hmm. You want to find a trend. But you also want to find a trend in something you understand <laughs> and, and something that, like you said, will, will likely be here you know, two years from now or one year from now or tomorrow for that matter. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have a lot of uh, kind things to say about Dogecoin, but, but there are many crypto projects that are very compelling and that have done fantastic uh, returns. Bitcoin has returned you know, consistently more than 100% per year every year going back since its inception. I think 200% actually. So and do you think, um, hard to find. sorry to interrupt you there. I was, it, you just made me think. So, you know, historically gold and silver had been the go-to inflation trade 
Do you think that that pun intended has lost its luster? Because now you're not seeing the sort of gold movements that you would want to see if there were an inflationary environment, but you are seeing it in other places like NFTs and crypto and things like that. What are your thoughts there? Yeah. Well, gold and silver are both in long-term uptrends. So they are working. They are moving in the right direction. Um, are they moving as quickly as Bitcoin for say? Of course not. You know, they're not moving that quickly. Um, gold and silver are uh, part of my portfolio. So I own them as, as insurance against monetary and fiscal recklessness, which we have today. Now, some people are looking at gold and silver saying, why aren't they acting like Bitcoin? Why, why, is, why is Bitcoin going up you know, and going vertical and gold and silver are just kind of grinding sideways? Well, two, two things I would say, and I don't think anybody has the full answer. I've heard many different answers. I've reflected upon this because gold and silver are obviously in my own portfolio and I, I expect them to do well. We're in a little bit of a Goldilocks scenario right now where everybody thinks that all of the printing of money that's happened and all of the fiscal stimulus that has happened and all the checks that have gone out and all the billionaire bailouts and all of this is, is going to make everything better. Um, in reality, we haven't paid the bill yet. And in reality, we haven't, we haven't had to deal with the uh, environment where we're not getting doused with freshly printed money every single day and interest rates are at practically zero. So we're going to have to leave this environment. Um, and when we do, it'll become more pronounced as to where we are economically speaking. Right now, again, it's kind of a Goldilocks thing. Everything, you know, everything seems fine. Uh, the Fed's going to keep propping up the market. Uh, the government's going to keep handing out checks to billionaires and to anybody. And, and so there's kind of a sense of moral hazard, like, well, we can't lose. You, know, you might as well invest because you can't lose. Well, in that kind of environment, that can actually hamper gold and silver in some ways, as we're seeing now, because people think the economy is going to be great. So you have to have a view that the economy is not going to be great to really build a case for gold. Um, and I think that we're living in this temporary delusion where we think everything is going to be okay. And I think that's part of the reason why gold hasn't taken off. Uh, and then the, the second reason, of course, is that there's an alternative. Uh, in the form of Bitcoin and Bitcoin, and, and this is what I, this is why I was trying. I, I tried to explain this many to many of the gold bugs that were out there because, you know, I believe that gold is a fantastic hedge, but I also own Bitcoin. You know, it's not it's not like either or. Uh, and yeah. so, uh, what many people don't understand is that when you read the white paper of the bit of Bitcoin, it literally is saying it's blaming the Fed for all the money printing. Uh, it's clear that they're creating a, a, a uh, project that is going to uh, protect against the Fed's money printing. And so gold investors should see Bitcoin for what it is. Uh, it is a device by which um, a finite supply is, crea is created, a known finite supply, and that gives it an upward bias over time and an inflation protection component uh, over time. And so, uh, so gold investors should not think that Bitcoin is uh, something that they should avoid, I think. I think they should investigate it. Uh, I personally allocate 5% of my total investable assets to cryptocurrencies. I've been doing that for years. Uh, and that's fine. If, 
my 5% of my investable assets goes into cryptocurrencies and then they all go away, well, that's going to be sad, but I won't be living in a gutter, right? Whereas if I put all my money into, you know, Dogecoin, or if I put all my money into, you know, one of these cryptocurrencies and they go bad, well, that's a bad deal. And that's what many people do, Christopher. Many people don't have a clue what they're doing. They're out there and they're taking advice from social media. They're getting free advice off of social, asking people on social media, what should I buy, right? I mean, we're talking about high levels of dumb here and people are going to get massively hurt uh, in the end with all of this. Um, so you need to have a diversified portfolio. So when I'm talking about cryptocurrencies, I'm not talking about betting the farm. I'm talking about uh, minimal exposure that gives you exposure to these, this new asset class. And I think people need to be very careful. They need to study. They need to read uh, more and spend time on social media less. I mean, I'm being quite frank with you, Christopher. There's a lot of shenanigans going on uh, on social media and things like this. And people are just, they're just going to get hurt. And we've been through this before. We saw this in 2008. We saw it in 2000. We'll have another uh, crash eventually. And, uh, you know, we'll all have to live through it. But being diversified through that crash will be a lot better than being over leveraged in some, you know, other area in that crash. Yeah, absolutely. Having sound money management techniques, like you're talking about 5%, you know, across your, your, your crypto portfolio and certainly not 5% in one place. Um, I mean, that separates, you know, a, a risk averse smart trader versus a, versus a gambler, in my opinion, you know, throwing everything all in in, out of the money YOLO options is not a sound strategy and neither is throwing everything in, uh, in Dogecoin because you never know what's going to happen with that. So yeah, this is, uh, I feel like I could go a few more hours with you, Jerry, but I know I got to be respectful of your time. <laughs> so Jerry, we got to have you back on again in the, in the future to, uh, to continue. And um, I want to make sure everyone heads on over to follow the money.com follow the money radio podcast as well to hear more about Jerry. Um, he's got like 300 something episodes, right? So what I saw. Yeah. Coming up on 400. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you know, I saw something where it was like, you could actually reach out to Seth Godin, one of the the marketing like gurus of our time. Um, but he won't talk to you unless you have at least a hundred episodes because you don't know what you're doing in your first hundred episodes. Mm-hmm. But by the fact that you've got nearly 400, uh, I think we're around 500 at this point. Um, you know, you, you don't get there accidentally, right? Success mm-hmm. doesn't happen on accident. That's what I tell people. So Jerry, I really appreciate the time that you've uh, given us today going through all of this. Uh, especially talking about um, crypto and in- inflation and uh, and your history. So thank you so much for your time there. It's been a it's been an honor. Thank you very much for the invite. You're so welcome, and thank you guys for tuning into today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and enable notifications. That way, you never miss any of the tools, tips, and tricks that we upload every single week to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. Okay, so what'd you think? That was pretty incredible, right? Now, if you like that, that's only a taste, only a sample of what you're going to find in the full AI stock trading system. And I really highly encourage you to go and check this out. Obviously, you are interested in learning and how to trade, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. Now, I'm going to take and download my entire trading system that I use day in and day out onto you. (laughs) And the only way I'm going to be able to do that is over at the AI stock trading system.com. You're going to get 
phase one, two, and three, several bonuses, and on top of that, I'm going to walk you through over a dozen trades that I put on inside of my account, holding your hand and showing you exactly how I got in, how I got out, how I use the artificial intelligence data, and how this could work inside of your own trading portfolio on a daily basis. So make sure you head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com to learn more and to get started and to download my decade plus worth of trading experience into your hands so you can start using the AI Stock Trading System today, the five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading. Hey, if you like this video, let me know by leaving me a like below and then subscribe and share it with somebody you think could use it as well. Be sure to comment below with your biggest takeaway from this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. And finally, make sure you watch these other videos to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. TimminusStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. TimminusStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit TimminusStockTrader.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.